Welcome to this special episode of the weekly briefing from Capital Economics. I'm the Chief Emerging Markets Economist, William Jackson, and I'm joined by our Deputy Chief PM Economist, Jason Tuvey. It's 11am London time, that's 8am in Buenos Aires, and it's the morning after that shock result in Argentina's presidential election, in which Javier Milei, a right-wing libertarian, won. Jason, Milei has lots of radical economic proposals that look in, appear to be in stark contrast to the outgoing government's economic policy making. I think the one that's getting most attention at the moment is dollarization. Can you talk us through whether dollarization really works? Yeah, of course. I mean, given Argentina's history with inflation and currency crises, it's not really a surprise that this proposal has been put forward. And it's worth noting too that is, there is a severe lack of trust in Argentine policymakers, partly reflected in Millet's victory, I guess. So we've argued before that any attempt to sort of resurrect a currency ball, for instance, is completely out of question. But so if there is a, an attempt to try to import policy discipline, as it were, then dollarization is really the, the only game in town, I guess. When we've looked across Latin America and other instances of dollarization in the past, we you can look at Panama, Ecuador and El Salvador. I mean, one area that dollarization is successful is helping to get inflation under control. I mean, it's been a lot lower in those countries and for a long time than in many other parts of the region. But we've argued that dollarization isn't sort of the silver bullet for Argentina that some may think it is, uh, certainly Millet does. For one, it doesn't solve the institutional frailties that are at the heart of some of Argentina's problems. The government also needs to take other steps to scale back indexation within the economy and also impose fiscal discipline. It's worth noting that, for instance, Ecuador has defaulted twice since being dollarized. There are also practical considerations as well, such as the exchange rate at which to convert dollars at. There's also the issue that the policy is actually quite unpopular among among the electorate and also then it's whether Millet can get it through, through Congress, such such a policy. There's also finally the issue with regards to does Argentina have enough dollars to dollarise? I mean, we don't think that's a major stumbling block. There, there are ways around that, but um, it it hits at just one of the many issues that the dollarization plan faces. Okay, then. So a lot of hurdles if Millet is really to, to overcome if Millet is really to dollarize Argentina's economy. I guess that comes to the point that, that there are many prongs to Argentina's current economic problems. It, there is quite high inflation, which they're trying to tackle with dollarization. Suggested it might be quite successful tackling that, but they, there's been no growth in the economy. It's like the exchange rates over it, over the vine. Millet's got quite broad and radical policy platform to to tackle many of these areas, hasn't he? Yeah, certainly. I mean, dollarization is just one element of his overall policy framework that he's put forward. I think the other most prominent one is his so-called chainsaw plan, which envisages quite drastic fiscal tightening. I mean, if, if we're thinking of the policies that might form that, things like cutting subsidies, reducing the size of the state and the public sector wage bill are, are likely to be key. Insofar as he does enact that, then that would help to stabilise the, the public finances and also help to tackle Argentina's inflation problem. Um, for some time now, large and persistent budget deficits have been uh, at, at the heart, really, of Argentina's heavy public debt burden. And in turn, that's forced the government to turn to the central bank for, for uh, financing and call, contributing to the further to the uh, country's inflation problem with the headline rate already at 
140% currently. So in principle, that's all quite good in terms of trying to stabilise public finances and inflation. I guess the issue is whether you would be able to push through these policies like we mentioned with the dollarisation plan. Uh, it really lacks the the support in Congress, for one thing. Um, there's also the clear risk that um, such policies do lead to some sort of popular backlash and forces him to, to water down his plans. Lots of risks to the to his policy platform then. I think the thing that perhaps we should be watching most immediately is PASO. I'm, I'm reminded of the primary election results, that, which are known as the PASO Argentina, that took place back in August. And after Millet came on top in that election and it created a lot of uncertainty, we saw the currency fall by 20% against the dollar uh, later in the day. It's obviously a risk that those listening to this podcast later on we may already have seen the currency fall by that point. I think it's fair to say the currency lies at the heart of a lot of the problems and it looks really overvalued and that is in need of adjustment. I think that's right, really. The, the peso had been become pretty stable in recent months as Sergio Massa tried to put forward a semblance of stability in Argentina's economy to, to the electorate. Uh, but given the backdrop of high inflation in Argentina, always really looked unsustainable. And we had seen even before, just before the latest round of the election, central bank was forced to move back to, to a crawling peg. Now, Millet has pledged to remove FX restrictions. And we had noted there seemed to be sort of broad political consensus on, on such measures and uh, reducing the grip of the, the central bank on the on the peso. But insofar as Millet do, does take these steps and rose back the intervention, we think that will ultimately lead to a very large fall, fall in the peso. We think it's 40 to 50% overvalued. Now, clearly, that would go some way to improving uh, Argentina's external competitiveness, help to narrow the current account deficit and help the central bank to rebuild its reserves. It would also go some way to boosting Argentina's long-run growth prospects. In the near term, though, there's two key things. One, it was it would push up the public debt burden significantly. Argentina has a very large share of debt in foreign currency. In, on that basis, the IMF in particular may struggle to deem Argentina's public debt sustainable, which then in turn would force Argentina to seek debt restructuring negotiations in order to unlock further financing. There's also the issue in the very near term that we alluded to before with the chainsaw plan that insofar as the peso falls sharply and that pushes up inflation and weighs on growth in the very near term, then again, that may prompt a, may prompt a backlash. You mentioned the IMF and it's, it's been absolutely critical providing financing to Argentina and keeping Argentina's head above water much of the past year or so. Walk us through how you think the fund might be seeing the election results and what might happen next with the programme. Yes, I think they say the next review of Argentina's IMF programme was due to take place this month. Obviously, we've only got a few days left now and we think it probably will be delayed until the IMF can negotiate with the next government, with with Millet. I mean, we suspect the the fund has been very lenient with Argentina and under under the previous president, Fernandez, and Sergio Massa as the economy minister. We think it will certainly move away from that particularly when it comes to say, fiscal and exchange rate policy. At this point, it's not quite clear if the fund will go as far as deeming that a debt restructuring is needed, as uh, I mentioned, is, is a key risk going forward. But we're certainly moving in that direction, I think. 
it does seem that Argentina's next sovereign debt restructuring is moving a step closer with the election now out of the way. Jason, I wanted to thank you for all your commentary on Argentina. Needless to say, we'll continue to monitor the macro and market consequences of Melo's victory. And we'll be posting it on the dedicated election page on our website. Otherwise, the weekly briefing will be back on Monday, the 27th of November, with a special look at the key themes which we think will shape 2024. Until then, goodbye. Whilst this podcast is provided with all reasonable skill and care, it comprises the subjective views of our economists. Furthermore, these views are not opinions, nor do they constitute investment or financial advice, or are they guarantees or reassurances to the expected results of any investment products or outcome. You should seek your own specific advice in relation to questions you may have. We will have no liability to you in relation to this podcast whatsoever.